Welcome to Haven Today at Christmas time. Christmas time is here again. And oh, it's Cyber Monday. That used to mean great deals online. Now it seems like all the major retailers have been offering cyber deals for many weeks. A COVID-19 Christmas in 2020. Target and Best Buy are just some of the stores that began their sales weeks before Black Friday, hoping to reduce the number of people in their stores. A whole new meaning for I'll be home for Christmas, right? I know the CDC and local officials are hoping that will be our theme song this year, but we were made to be social, and it's the most wonderful time of the year. To cancel or not to cancel, that's the question this year. There's one thing COVID can't cancel, the story of Christ that we celebrate this season. Born in a little barn outside Bethlehem, he came to give life, and in him we live abundantly. I'm Charles Morris, and we're starting a new week together at the beginning of the 2020 Christmas season. We're starting a new program series called Born in a Barn. In a few minutes, we'll be joined by Phil Vischer. Phil will share some personal stories on how the Lord blessed him through veggie tales, but then took it away. You probably know what I'm talking about, right? Those cute talking veggies that told Bible stories. Hi, kids. Welcome to Veggie Tales. I'm Bob the Tomato. And I'm Larry the Cucumber. Have we got a show for you. Larry the Cucumber, Bob the Tomato. Now, Phil honestly says that losing Veggie Tales was a blessing from the Lord. From the outside, it looked like it was a huge Mm. success and that I could do no wrong. On the inside, it was all falling apart. Phil Vischer will be back with us in a moment to share how losing Veggie Tales led him to know Jesus better. And he'll also share with us a new project that he's recently released to help both kids and their families know Jesus and the Bible better. It's called the Laugh and Grow Bible for Kids, the Gospel, in 52 five-minute Bible stories. This book is richly illustrated and was designed to help families get the big picture of the Bible and the Gospel. And after the program, I'd like to send you a copy of the Laugh and Grow Bible for Kids by Phil Vischer for your Christmas gift to this listener-supported ministry. All 52 of Phil's stories are captivated for both the young and young at heart and will help you understand the gospel in a fresh new way. You just need to call us after the program at 1-800-654-2836. That's 800-65-HAVEN. And ask for the Laugh and Grow Bible. And as you think about Christmas and giving, I can't think of anything better to share with the kids in your life than this. You can also make your gift online at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And if you were listening last week and you heard some of that music of Handel's Messiah, but you didn't get around to asking for your copy of this two-CD set, you can still do that by going online or calling us after the program. And speaking of Handel, did you know that a couple of songs in Messiah have the same notes that are found in Joy to the World? 
The words to Joy to the World were by Isaac Watts, but now let's open the haven today with John Keyes on the organ. This is Haven Today. Welcome as we're going to Chicago. We've got another friend of mine on that we haven't talked to in quite a while, Phil Vischer, founder of Veggie Tales. He's still working. Phil, thank you for joining us back on the program. You're welcome. Very glad I uh, can finally be back. It's been a while. It has been a little while. You've got something new that we're going to be talking about in the next few minutes. But first, you grew up in the traditional Christian home. In fact, there was some preaching in your background, wasn't there? There was, yeah. My great-grandfather on my mother's side was, we believe, the first non-denominational radio preacher in America who went on the air in 1923 in Omaha, Nebraska on Mm WOW and preached every Sunday morning until he died in 1964, at which Mm. point his radio show was the oldest, longest-running radio show in America. So he started a Bible conference in Northwest Iowa. He started the largest church in our denomination, the Christian Missionary Alliance. And so my upbringing was hanging around Bible conferences, actually sitting in the audience for his radio show after he was gone and someone else was doing it. It kept going till the late 70s. So I've just I've grown up in the environment of preachers, missionaries, and Christians who do big things for God. Well, that explains your personality in 60 seconds right there, Phil. <laughs> Let's keep your story going. The Lord allowed you to start something that became very famous, Veggie Tales. And uh, we could say it's a story with a not-so-happy ending, and yet you believe the Lord is in control and has his hand on your life. How'd Veggie Tales get started, and then what happened as Veggie Tales ended? Yeah, I was in my early 20s. I loved animation. I loved computers and was playing with puppets and playing with stop-motion animation and trying to figure out, you know, what will I do that would make my parents, grandparents, great-grandparents proud of me? I could do something for God with all of this. And it was kind of putting all of that together. I thought, okay, I'm going to make, I need some really simple characters, and then I could present Bible stories. I could teach Christian values to kids. My first attempt at a character was a candy bar. I thought, well, he's kind of cute. He's simple. I think I can afford to animate just a candy bar. And then my wife said, you know, moms are going to be mad if you make their kids fall in love with candy bars. And I thought, uh-oh, okay, that's a problem. Well, what's the same shape as a candy bar that moms wouldn't be mad about their kids falling in love with? And the next thing that popped into my head, for whatever reason, was a cucumber. I thought, okay, 
a cucumber. Moms would not be mad about their kids falling in love with a cucumber. So I made a cucumber, took the little face off the candy bar, put them on the cucumber, did a a 10-second test uh, called Mr. Cuke's Screen Test. (laughs) And then I I was so happy because it actually worked. He, like, came to life that I took that screen test and went out. I'm in Wheaton, Illinois, home of a lot of Christian publishers, went door to door. It's a cucumber. He's going to tell Bible stories. Would you fund the production of a whole show? And they weren't as interested in it as I was. So I uh, ended up uh, raising money from friends and family and put together enough money to hire two kids right out of art school. And we triple shifted around the clock on one computer because it's all I could afford. And in about five months in 1993, made the first episode of Veggie Tales. And, and, and that's this how it cucumber, we, we didn't even have Larry the Cable Guy yet, did we? But, <laughs> no. but we had Larry the Cucumber. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. He, I, we think he inspired Larry the Cable Guy. Uh, the, the cucumber <laughs> comes first, man. The rest, of course, is history. It's still around today, and it's multi-generational. But I don't want to say good things come to an end, not necessarily. But back to what I said a moment ago, you're in the Lord's hands, your life and your work and your talent. But what happened? Yeah, so once it, it's, it's a little bit dangerous when you're young, and the first thing you try to do works really, really well, mm. because it can convince you that everything you try to do will work really, really well. You think and you're great, don't you? Yes, <laughs> I am clearly, I'm the chosen one. I am God's anointed. And, and so I kind of concluded that God didn't just want me to make a few VeggieTales episodes, he wanted me to be the next Walt Disney. And a Christian Walt Disney, which would be, you know, even greater. And in my family heritage, you know, that would kind of, well, that's how I fit in. I don't know if intoxicating is the right word. I just became smitten with the idea that God wanted me to be the next Walt Disney. And so as money was coming in from VeggieTales sales and it was taking off, I started hiring more and more people, building a bigger animation studio, because obviously that was in God's best interest. He would surely bless it all. Yes. And and make it all work, even though I had no business experience. I, you know, I had three semesters of Bible college, and then I was kicked out for failing chapel. I did not know what I was doing, but God is going to make it work. And then he didn't. I hired too many people. I committed to too many projects. We ended up in a lawsuit with a former distributor. I ended up in a federal courtroom. Um, we'd sold 35 million VeggieTales mm. videos. So from the mm. outside, it looked like it was a huge mm. success and that I could do no wrong. On the inside, it was all falling apart. And in uh, uh, late 2003, we lost that lawsuit and were forced into bankruptcy. And uh, everything that I had built was sold in a bankruptcy auction to a, a company in New York that, that buys distressed assets yeah. from media companies. Yeah. And that was it. That was the end of the, the story for me. I, you know, They hired 20 of my friends and moved them to Nashville to start a new company under the same name, did not invite me to mm. join them, Le- mm. left me alone in Chicago, just kind of licking my wounds and saying, okay, God, why did you let that happen? Mm. Well, and of course, the Lord's never through with us, no, no matter what happens to us. Until he calls us home. Exactly. Exactly. Traditional line, of course. When you and I first met 10 years, I don't know when it was ago, you had just finished 
traveling to just about every Christian college in North America because those kids grew up with veggie tales, but you had a different message that you were preaching by that point. Yeah. yeah. Right after the bankruptcy, Biola University reached out to me and said, hey, they didn't know about the bankruptcy, said, hey, would you do our spring commencement address? You know, come out and rah, rah, cheerlead, big, you know, inspire all these. And I said, I, I was right in the middle of the lawsuit at the time. It looked like it was all falling apart. I said, I, I know, I don't, I have no idea what I would say. And they said, well, what about our, um, our winter commencement in, in five months? Would you agree to do that one? And I kind of made a deal with God. I said, okay, God, Right now, I have no idea what I could say to encourage Christian kids mm. about following you. I just have no idea what I could say. I'm going to agree to this, and then you have five months to unpack this for me and give me something to say. And it was in that five-month period that God just started to show me, Did you, didn't you notice how miserable you had become? doing the work you felt I was calling you to do. Mm-hmm. And I looked back and was like, yeah, I put myself in the hospital with pericarditis. I had shingles at the age 32. I had all these stress-related you know, illnesses that were afflicting me. I said, yeah, of course I was miserable. That was miserable work. But who says, you know, who says I'm not supposed to be miserable? And I remember I was, I was reading The Fruit of the Spirit one night, and you know, The Fruit of the Spirit is peace, joy, love. And and I kind of stop on joy. It's like, well, joy, that's something I'm supposed to have. Mm. (laughs) Mm. And and it probably been 10 years since I had had joy because I was so honestly miserable trying to roll a boulder up a mountain that God had never called me to roll. I was trying to save all of the world's children from the evils of Hollywood through my own labor and God had never called. He didn't call me to be Walt. He called me to be Phil. And I was too impatient to slow down and say, I don't know who Phil is. Can you show me? God didn't want me to work for him. He wanted a relationship with me. He wanted me to walk with him. And because I never took the time to walk with God, I just immediately started working for God. I drove right off a cliff. And he didn't, it's not that he didn't want to help me, it's that he wanted to save me after I realized I couldn't save myself. Mm. God needed to pull back that curtain so that you could understand grace. Even though you were a Christian kid, grew up in the family of a Christian home, you know, you, you, in a sense, you knew your Bible, and yet you didn't know the theme of the Bible that goes all the way through. And yet, God allowed you to go through this so that you could find that theme. Absolutely. It's easy to grow up in the church learning Bible stories, but missing the story of the Bible. Mm. And, you know, and it's volunteer Sunday school teachers doing the best they can. It's different Sunday school curriculum that are changing all the time. It's just, you know, it's so much easier to teach kids Noah's Ark, Jonah and the whale, Jesus and the lamb over his shoulders, you know, so we skip around the Bible, kind of forgetting how all those stories connect together to tell one big story. And that's what God revealed to me. It was like, you, you kind of missed the whole point. You know, the whole point is this isn't a job that you have to work for me and do big things. This is a lifetime of walking with. This is a relationship. Mm. I don't call you to impact. I call you to obedience. I call you into a relationship. And if you ignore the relationship and just try to do stuff for God, 
you don't know what he wants you to do. You're mm-hmm. just making stuff up. You're out on a limb. You're out mm-hmm. on your own, and you will hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, in anything, I realized that, that this dream I had to be the next Walt Disney had become an idol that was defining me. You know, it was a good dream. It wasn't a bad goal. Sure. But anytime, anytime a goal becomes your most important thing, it has displaced God and become an idol. Wow. Tim Keller says anything, even a good thing that becomes an ultimate thing, is an idol that will someday let you down and break your heart. God is the only ultimate thing that will not break your heart someday. Hmm. I'm holding something I just got a few months ago. You have now written the Laugh and Grow Bible for Kids, the Gospel in 52 Five-Minute Bible Stories. The characters look a little bit like your characters. Yep. <laughs> and uh, it reads like you speak, Phil. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, because uh, I wrote it. What led you to do this? After everything fell apart with VeggieTales, I uh, you know, was just like waiting on God saying, so what do you want me to do now? I don't have the vegetables anymore. What do you want me to do? And I realized he was giving me a, a blank piece of paper to start again. And what I felt most motivated to do was to take kids deeper into the Bible and deeper into their faith in ways that we couldn't do with cute, bouncy, talking vegetables. So the Laugh and Grow Bible for Kids is a way to take your kids all the way through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation in 52 stories, not just giving them the highlights of the Bible, like snapshots from the Bible, but actually giving them the storyline of the entire Bible, the story of how the world has gone wrong, how things have broken, and how God is on the move to put things back together to make things right again. Uh, It divides it up into 52 stories that you can spend one story a week or one story a night with your kids and bring the Bible to life. Give them all the connective tissue between these stories so they can actually see the mega story that tells us why the world is the way it is, what God is doing about it, and what role we're invited to play in that rescue mission. And that's what kids need to make their faith their own. I've looked at it. I've read many of the stories myself. I wish I had had this with my kids when they were young. Phil, I asked you this the very first time we interviewed. I asked this every time I interview somebody almost. What does Jesus mean to you? And that's always the first response, Phil. So you're not alone. Like, where do you start? (laughs) Um, Jesus means to me, I don't have to be afraid. Hmm. I mean, there is nothing the world can throw at me that Jesus alone doesn't have the answer for, hasn't already faced, can't handle. Mm. So, you know, the ability to live without fear, knowing that my, my life is in him, my death is in him, my eternity is in him, it makes you incredibly courageous facing a world that's a little bit nutty. Well put. Lead us in prayer, Phil Vischer. Okay. Oh, Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for the ability to share your good news, the good news of you with the whole world. We recognize that we're living at a time that is beyond what almost all of us have ever experienced. The combination of a virus, a contentious election, politics, illness, fires, floods, everything that's happening 
right now, Lord, it's just, it's more than we have experienced as individuals, but we know that you are bigger than all of this. You have seen all of this coming. There is nothing that has ever happened that has surprised you or caught you off guard. And Lord, give us the courage, give us the fearlessness to continue to be your ambassadors to a hurting, confused world. Because as followers of you, Lord, we're the ones that shouldn't be caught off guard. Help us to be faithful to you, to be courageous, to be loving, to be winsome, even when the people around us are going crazy, so that we can bring a view of you and your kingdom into a world that desperately needs to see it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Phil Vischer, it has been my joy to have you back on Haven today. Thank you for coming on with me. Thank you very much, Charles. Good to be here. God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and God, our Heavenly Father, a blessed angel came, and unto certain shepherds brought tidings of the
from her brand-new Christmas album called This Christmas, a traditional arrangement for a favorite Christmas carol, God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. That's Francesca Battistelli. And this is Haven Today in a program called Born in a Barn. And that title actually comes from Phil Vischer's Laugh and Grow Bible for Kids. He'll be back with us tomorrow, and we'll hear him read this Christmas story for us on the program. I know the kids around you are going to enjoy Phil's new book. He's been blessed, I think, with, I'll call it a holy imagination. And all 52 of his stories come straight from the Bible, which will help all of us, including kids, see the bird's eye view of God's redemption plan from Genesis to Revelation. Phil told me that some families use the Laugh and Grow Bible once a week for devotion time, but he's heard of kids who get the new book and read it every day because they just can't put it down. However you and the children around you use the Laugh and Grow Bible, it'll help everyone better understand God's Word and His love for them. So call us right now, and for your gift to this listener-supported ministry— We'll send you Phil Vischer's Laugh and Grow Bible. This would also make a great Christmas gift for somebody who's not in your home. Order now. Make your gift. We'll include the shipping for free. Our phone number is 800-654-2836. 800-65-HAVEN. Or visit our website and make your gift there at haventoday.org. haventoday.org. And just as we need to go, there's still time for you to make a gift and have us send you the double CD of Handel's Messiah. You need to hear this masterpiece this Christmas season. Words coming straight from the Bible, telling the story of Jesus from beginning to end in a most stirring way. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Tomorrow is Giving Tuesday, an opportunity to help support nonprofits like us. So won't you join us and hear more about that and, of course, the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with God, this is David Wolin with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. God has numbered the days of your reign and brought it to an end. You have been weighed on the scales and found wanting. It was hardly good news for the king of Babylon. He had been partying with his friends, toasting the false gods of Babylon, when the writing had suddenly appeared on his wall in a language he couldn't read. The prophet Daniel had come and interpreted the writing and delivered the bad news, and true enough, the king met his maker that very night, as we all eventually must. It's a sobering thought, but without Jesus, your fate and mine would be no different. Jesus is the only one who was ever weighed on God's scales and judged righteous. Anchor Devotional can help you spend more time with Jesus. Visit GetAnchor.com.